Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the China Untold podcast, a platform dedicated to sharing lesser-known stories from the world's most populous nation. I'm your host, Matt Bossens, coming at you from Beijing, China. The darkness and mystery of caves fascinates you or terrifies you, pulls you in or pushes you away. I fall into the former group. My interest in caves was first sparked sometime shortly after graduating from high school, while traveling in southern Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. The region is famous for its stunning cenotes, which are underground freshwater river systems popular among divers and snorkelers. The underwater caves held both practical and religious significance to the ancient Mayan people who inhabited the region. For one, the cenotes served as an essential water source in an area mostly devoid of rivers and streams. The geological formations also held spiritual significance to the Mayans, who associated the water-filled tunnels with their rain god Chac. They often threw offerings into the entrances of the cenotes. And these offerings sometimes included human sacrifices. My interest in the cenotes and my desire to one day dive in them led me to become a certified paddy scuba diver. And several years after my first visit to the Yucatan caves, I returned to dive in them. The water-filled caves were equal parts spellbinding and terrifying. The geological beauty of the cenotes must be seen to be truly appreciated. And coupled with the human and animal remains scattered throughout many of the caves, and the myriad of small freshwater animals, divers are treated to a truly one-of-a-kind experience. The element of terror comes from the cenote environment. Overhead diving is unquestionably dangerous, as demonstrated by the death of Thai Navy SEAL diver Saman Gunan. During the harrowing 2018 rescue of the Thai soccer team that got trapped in a flooded cave near the Burmese border, the sport of cave diving is often referred to as among the world's most dangerous recreational activities, and it has its roots in pre-World War II England. Since then, the recreational practice of cave diving has spread around the world, including China. Humankind's relationship with caves goes back hundreds of thousands of years, and long before our species ever considered diving in caves, the geological formations served as our first primitive homes. Our early ancestors in Africa and then Europe and Asia used caves and overhanging rocks for shelter from the elements. We know that our primitive brethren inhabited caves because they left evidence in the form of art, garbage. Human and animal waste, and even their dead. Over forty thousand years ago, ancient humans stenciled their hands against the cave walls in El Castillo Cave in modern-day Spain. Their artistic creations can still be viewed today. At the Panja Yasaidi Cave Network in Kenya's Rift Valley, a one thousand seventy-six square foot main chamber was continuously occupied by Homo sapiens. For seventy-eight thousand years, 
They made stone tools for hunting and preparing food, and crafted jewelry out of seashells and ostrich eggs. Ancient caves within the present-day borders of the People's Republic of China are no different. In the far southwestern corner of Beijing Municipality, there is an attraction that is lesser known to the city's expat community and hordes of visitors. Located over an hour by car from the iconic Tiananmen Square, Zhou Kodian Cave is considered among the most significant archaeological sites on the planet. More commonly referred to as the Peking Man Cave, it was once home to a group of early hominids known as Homo erectus. Johann Gunnar Andersen discovered the archaeological site in 1921. The first excavations were undertaken in 1921 and 1923 by Otto Zadansky and unearthed two hominid teeth. Between 1927 and 1937, further excavations were done at the site. These excavations uncovered 200 Homo erectus fossils from 40 individuals, as well as stone tools and animal fossils from approximately 200 species. Unfortunately, a large portion of the more important remains discovered at the site disappeared under mysterious circumstances during World War II, and have not been seen since. Admittedly, I already covered this fascinating cave system in depth in a previous episode of China Untold, so I'm going to stop here and encourage interested listeners to check out episode 8 of the podcast, which focuses entirely on Jokodian Cave. Instead, I'm now going to introduce another Chinese cave that once served as a home to humans. In 1989, in China's southwestern Yunnan province, primitive human fossils were found in a cave. Located near the city of Mengzi, the Maludong Cave was the final resting place of a group of hominids that had become known as the Red Deer Cave People. Based on excavations and research of the cave site, we know that the inhabitants of Maludong Cave used tools made from stone and pieces of antler. Based on the number of deer fossils in the cave, we also know they had a taste for an extinct species of giant deer. What makes the Red Deer Cave people truly fascinating, though, isn't their accessories or dietary choices. Instead, it is their physical attributes and the period in which they lived that has caught the attention of scientists. According to the results of a study released in 2012 by a team of Australian and Chinese researchers, the human skulls discovered in Maludong Cave are an unusual mosaic of archaic human features. The researchers noted that the human remains unearthed in the cave are anatomically unique among all members of the human evolutionary tree and that they are comparable in form to our ancestors from hundreds of thousands of years ago. According to researchers, the Red Deer Cave people had a number of unusual features, including a flat face, a wide nose, a jutting jaw that lacked a chin, large molar teeth, a curved brain case with prominent brow ridges, and thick skull bones. Now, you may be wondering why this all matters and why this particular cave site is so special. The answer to that has to do with the age of the archaeological site at Maludong Cave. I'm now going to read directly from a National Geographic article from 2012. Quote, 
Despite this seemingly primitive human design, radiocarbon dating of charcoal from the fossil deposits suggests the Red Deer Cave people lived just 14,500 to 11,500 years ago, a time by which all other human species, such as Neanderthals, are thought to have died out." End quote. This was and remains a huge revelation. It means that primitive humans potentially survived much later than we previously believed. At the time the Red Deer Cave people were alive, the Americas had already been populated for up to 20,000 years, and the Neanderthal people had been extinct for at least 25,000 years. Like most scientific discoveries, there is disagreement and debate, particularly when it comes to figuring out where these cave people came from and who they were. Some have suggested the Red Deer Cave people represent a previously undiscovered branch of the human evolutionary tree, while others believe their fossils may be evidence of multiple migrations out of Africa that involved unique populations of modern humans. If they were an early group to leave Africa, their relative remoteness in the mountains and heavily forested regions of South China may have kept them isolated from other human groups and allowed them to pass on their unique features until relatively recently. Not everyone is convinced though, and some scientists believe that the Red Deer Cave people are only evidence of the fact that modern humans come in all shapes and sizes. Regardless of what you believe, there is little doubt the prehistoric caves of Yunnan bore witness to some incredible moments in the history of humankind. Over 2,000 kilometers from the final resting place of the Red Deer Cave people, there is another fascinating cave site that I'd like to briefly touch on. The Longyo Caves of East China's Zhejiang province are relatively new as far as caves go, dating back about 2,200 years. Until the early 90s, these caves shared something in common with the cenotes of South Mexico, in that they were also filled with water. People living near the Longyo Caves previously considered them to be bottomless ponds and used them for washing and fishing. In 1992, some villagers decided to drain the ponds using a pump to see how deep they really were. What they discovered shocked them. As the water level lowered, sandstone caverns were revealed. But unlike the flooded caves of the Yucatan, these caves were human-made. The villagers started by draining five ponds, and each was discovered to be a huge cavern complete with stone pillars adorned with carved lines and symbols. Afterwards, more ponds in the area were drained, and a total of 24 hand-carved caves were discovered. Who made them and why remains a mystery to this day, as no historical records discuss the cavern's construction. No evidence of tools used to carve the caves have been discovered in the surrounding area, nor is there evidence of where the excavated sandstone was deposited. According to some estimates, the volume of excavated stone would have been close to 1 million cubic meters. How and why the Longyo Caves were built remains a puzzling mystery.
Fast forward to modern times, and you'd be forgiven for assuming that China's caves are largely devoid of human life. But you'd be wrong. According to a heavily cited Los Angeles Times article, there were roughly 30 million people in China living in caves in 2012. To put this number in perspective, the population of Australia is just over 25 million people while my home country of Canada is home to under 38 million people. China's population of cave dwellers is spread across numerous regions of the country. In North and West China, cave dwellings are still popular in some areas. While traveling through southern Gansu province several months ago, I chanced upon an abandoned cave dwelling dug into a mountainside. The one-room underground home had not been used by people in at least a decade, but there was still a bed frame and a large stove located inside the structure, waiting for its inhabitants to return. In Shanxi, on the Loth Plateau, cave dwellings are still found in relative abundance. And in Sanmenxia City, Henan Province, there are believed to be nearly 10,000 underground homes. Even former chairman Mao Zedong and current Chinese leader Xi Jinping spent time living in cave homes. Guizhou province is one of China's least developed areas, and it is home to a group that the South China Morning Post once referred to as China's last cave people. Zhong Cave is a large open cave located in southwest Guizhou province that measures over 300 feet wide, 160 feet high, and 750 feet deep. Inside the cave are a smattering of one and two story wooden structures known as Zhongdong Village or Middle Cave Village. The settlement was home to 18 families in 2018 and had a total population of around 100 people all of whom were members of the Miao ethnic group. While the sources I accessed while researching this episode varied on when the village was founded, most seemed to agree it was either just before or immediately after the founding of the People's Republic of China. The first people to settle in Zhong Cave reportedly chose to do so to evade bandits who were operating in the area at the time. Zhongdong village is not connected to the outside world via road, and getting to the nearest neighboring village requires hiking for more than two hours along stone trails through the karst landscape. The cave's inhabitants live a very basic life by modern metropolitan standards. They farm livestock and grow crops near the mouth of the cave to feed themselves, and power was not installed in the village until 2003. The village was connected to the local power grid thanks to the generosity of an American man who happened across the village while hiking in the area. He donated money to have electricity installed in the cave structures, and even funded the construction of a small school in the cave, although it has since closed. The village also boasts a hostel and a general store in addition to the residents' bamboo homes. Efforts have been underway over the past decade to relocate the residents of Zhong Cave to nearby houses, as part of the government's efforts to eliminate poverty. Many of them have refused to leave though, and it's hard to blame them. The cave environment is warm in the winter and cool in the summer, and the geological formation has been their home for at least the past seven decades. 
As one villager put it in a New York Times article from 2018, the cave simply feels like home. Before I wrap up this 13th episode of the China Untold podcast, I want to double back to our introduction and briefly touch on cave diving in China. You see, nearly a decade after diving in the cenotes of South Mexico, I had the opportunity to dive in the stunning and incredibly dark underground rivers of southern China. In Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region lies Duan County, China's little-known cave diving mecca. Home to thousands of kilometers of subterranean rivers, Duan County offers spellbinding geological formations, perhaps the world's largest collection of blind fish species, and a rare variety of freshwater jellyfish. Located less than two hours from Guangxi's capital city of Nanning, Duan County is unquestionably remote and underdeveloped. Home to less than a million people, life here certainly moves slower than China's larger metropolises. What the region lacks in electrifying headlines, however, it more than makes up for with its natural scenery. Home to the same stunning karst formations that run through Guizhou, Guangdong, and into Southeast Asia, Duan is an equally beautiful and far less touristy alternative to the world-famous Yongshuo. But it's what's under the ground that attracts a certain subset of modern-day explorers, cave divers. Like much of South China's karst-covered landscape, Duan County is littered with caves, sinkholes, and fissures. Many of these caves and underground geological formations are filled with water, running rivers to be exact. Some are filled with fossils from eons ago, while others are unfortunately full of trash. But they are all geologically beautiful. And while the interior of Duan's caves may appear dark, cramped, and barren on first look, they are home to a diverse array of life forms. It is believed that China has the world's highest concentration of blind fish species, although no one really knows how many exist because the only way they've been able to research them is by examining what local farmers catch while fishing in the cave openings. According to a cave diver and underwater videographer I spoke with, China has around three times as many blind fish species as the next location, which is Mexico. Local lore in Duan attributes more than aquatic life to these caves, though. Much like the Mayan people of the Yucatan, the local Bunu Yaozu people hold long-standing religious beliefs associated with the underground rivers. The Yao people have lived in the mountainous regions of South China since the Shang Dynasty. The Bunu Yao are a subgroup of this ethnicity and have long believed in a mother goddess known as Miloto. Miloto is credited with creating human beings along with a whole host of gods. There is a water god, a mountain god, an earth god, and among a myriad of others, there is a god for the underground river system. Curious about the local folk religions, I questioned my dive guide while exploring the area. He confirmed that the locals have spiritual beliefs tied to the caves. Specifically, they believe that each cave is home to a deity, described to me as a white rhino, 
that is responsible for bestowing good luck. Many of the Yao people are wary of divers exploring the caves, fearful that someone may steal the spirit living within the cave. There are other, more modern legends associated with the caves as well. In one Duan village, there is a story about a group of bandits who terrorized the area in the 1950s, robbing and killing people before tossing their bodies into a nearby flooded cave. A local dive team has looked for human bones while diving in the cave, but they've ultimately come up empty-handed, only finding animal bones. Thank you for joining me for another edition of the China Untold podcast. To learn more about the podcast and to find a list of sources used for this episode, please check out our website, www.chinauntoldpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at China Untold, and on Facebook by searching China Untold Podcast. Again, thank you for joining me for this fascinating episode on China's caves. I look forward to catching you again here next time with another fascinating story from the Middle Kingdom.